talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Philadelphia fans, boo. We do it better than anybody else, I'd like to think. And I wear it like a badge of honor. How can we judge a guy? How can we honestly assess his quarterback play when he's just given some of the most terrible weapons the NFL has ever seen? Here are your hosts. This is one of the more disappointing outcomes for a Philadelphia sports team in the last decade. And John Mita. But Ben Simmons, my God, learn how to shoot. It is the Brotherly Love Podcast on Anchor.fm and all of your podcast platforms. Glad to be back on with the one and only John Mita. I am Joe O'Donnell. Johnny Mita, a lot to get into over the last couple of weeks as we're on a bit of a hiatus. How are you, brother? I'm doing well. Yeah, it's uh, it's been kind of quiet in these parts, but there, there's some things that are happening, some things for the better and worse, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, probably a little both at this point in everybody's lives here in 2021. Yeah. Um, we got some Sixers conversation. Is there at the NBA's at the All-Star break? Uh, we are going to jump into a lot on we'll probably lead with that. And we also have a review of the Showtime series, Your Honor. And I can't wait to talk with you about that, my friend. So let's not forget that part of the plan. Thanks, everybody, tuning in. Follow us on Twitter, at BeLovePodcast. I was just checking on Anchor, brother. We're nearing 3,000 total clicks on Anchor already. So um, that's really good stuff, and uh, appreciate everybody's support. Uh, all right, John, meet a big news of the day as far as the Philadelphia sports scene and the Eagles go is that Chris Mortensen from ESPN reporting this morning that Jeffrey Lurie has given his blessing to the personnel department and uh, Howie the Rat Roseman that he wants Jalen Hurts to be the guy moving forward for this upcoming season, build around the young quarterback, and uh, see where that takes us in the 2021 season. Your reaction to this news, taking it at face value, assuming it's true, that means the Eagles would not select a quarterback six overall would be my guess. Who knows, I guess, but... Let's assume they don't go quarterback six overall. Your thoughts on this and making Hurts QB number one moving forward. Thank God. Okay. So the good news is I probably won't have to get bailed out of a police department for setting the Novacare complex on fire if they drafted another quarterback. I think it makes perfect sense. Like when you draft Jalen Hurts in the second round, you you better believe that you think this is a guy that could be a starting quarterback for your franchise. If you don't believe that, then it's a total waste of a pick. And especially with all the holes that the Eagles have to fill in this offseason, I think that's good. This team is generally built like like they love offense. I mean, they love it. They want to score points between Jeffrey and Howie, Jowie, whatever we're going to call them now. Um, Like, that's what they want to do. It's all about the offense. So, which leads us to who's going to be the draft pick? Are they going to? Give this guy the receiver that he needs. Or are they going to really? Are they going to take the kid from Philadelphia, Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida, which is like a he's a hybrid between a, a receiver. He's like a Darren Waller slash like Travis Kelsey clone. So I, I like the fact that again they're putting some confidence in their quarterback, saying you are the guy for this upcoming season. And they, they did some things to fortify the offensive line. Jason Kelsey has announced that he's coming back on a one-year deal, which is good to have that veteran presence. I mean, he's one of the best centers in the last 10 years. Um, so that's good. But 
the other thing, I mean, it's just a little worrisome because you're like, do they really know what the hell they're doing up there? Because, like, it sounds like Jeffrey Lurie has a lot more power and control, and he is pulling the strings more than we know. And I think maybe Howie might be uh, might be the puppet master. So, Well, I think we've always kind of thought he was the puppet master, right? I mean – I guess, you know, I just was listening to WIP a few minutes ago, and Ike Reese brought this up. Sort of, I'm going to take something he said and, and, and apply it to this situation, Johnny Mita, because I agree with you 100%. Thank God is the right way to put it. Um, I did not want a quarterback to be taken. I think you have to give Hurts a year. If it doesn't work out, you know you're getting the Colts' possible first-round pick, and your first-round pick is probably going to be a high pick, meaning – you know, top 12, somewhere in there, if you don't make the playoffs. So in that case, you can try and then go out and maybe find your quarterback of the future, right? So Hertz deserves a year. I mean, you blew up this whole Wentz thing. You can't now blow up the whole Hertz thing. It just, it doesn't make any sense. What are you, what are you proving by doing that? Uh, It would just be setting the franchise back again. So take the best player available at a skilled position from what your scouts say, it's six overall. I still think in the second round you look to take an offensive lineman. I still think that trading Zach Ertz to acquire assets, whether those are players or draft picks, is still very much on the table. I'm sure there'll be some more cap casualties along the way. And then you see what you have after this draft and any free agency moves you might be able to make as slim pickings as they might be. But I digress back to the fact that, you know, Ike Reese was saying today on WIP that maybe they're learning – from their mistakes with Wentz, and now they're really going to try and build around Hurts because I think a lot of us agree they didn't do a great job building around Carson Wentz. So from that, I thought, you know what? The last time the Eagles royally screwed up, it was when they hired Chip Kelly, and they realized afterwards he was an egomaniac and he was a control freak and he wasn't a good people person. So what they do? They went and hired Doug Peterson, the exact opposite, right? A player's coach, a yes man. They learned from that mistake. So I have hope, as slim as it might be, that maybe Jeffrey Lurie, a smart, savvy businessman, realizes they made a mistake with how they handled the Wentz and Peterson situation and it blew up in their face, whether that was drafting Hurts in the first place, the contract, whatever. A million reasons went into it. Let's hope that in, you know, in hindsight here or in their second opportunity now to fix the franchise again, they get it right this time. I think what they've done is they brought in a young, granted inexperienced coach, but we're hoping he's a bright offensive mind. And with that, if you assemble some talent out on the football field from an offensive perspective and you let this young coach put these guys in a spot to succeed and you have any form of offensive line at all that can provide protection, I think now you've got something to build on offensively. Time will tell. I could be completely wrong. I don't think they're going to be a barn burner offense, the greatest show on turf, but I think with Hertz and his athleticism, and any form of offensive line that's decent and some skill pieces that you add in the draft, particularly the number six overall pick, now all of a sudden maybe you have a glimmer of some hope for this upcoming year as opposed to some sort of rebuild. It it should at least get the fans excited to see what Hurts can do with a bona fide rookie, albeit, but a bona fide playmaker on the outside. Miles Sanders is a running back, and again, if the line can come back and be some semblance of what we think they are or what they have been, Maybe this offense can get it turned around quickly. Obviously, they've made some moves. Deshaun's gone. I expect Ertz to be gone. Alshon. But you can hopefully get more from a guy 
like Dallas Goddard in a full season where he's the number one guy. You get Miles Sanders again, the prime of his career. Hopefully, Rager takes a step. Maybe you get something from one of these other young receivers, whether it's Fulgham or Hightower or Greg Ward. And then you've got this six overall pick, hoping for a shiny new toy on the outside, and you can put something together, uh, put something together offensively. Glad you brought up Kelsey. So glad he's back. It was a huge concern of both of ours on previous podcasts that he might retire, especially with the way the organization was trending. He's back now. He stabilizes the line. If he can give you one or two more good years, it's a huge benefit for this yeah, franchise. I mean, just because, like, I've kind of mentioned before that I would be in fire sale, like, mode as far as getting rid yes. of I don't think you can go too crazy. There's a couple people that you just need to maybe keep around, even though they might make a higher number, just to have some type of veteran presence, some type of leadership. And I think Jason Kelsey is the epitome and the perfect example of a guy like that. So, and like, even on the defense, like I, as much as I love Fletcher Cox and be willing to part ways with him, if we get something high, maybe he's the one guy, the anchor on that defense that you do keep around as you try to build this thing back up. Yeah. And listen, they're going to need some speaking of steps and development. They're going to need some of that from some of these defensive players. Your guy, Kayvon Wallace. Can Davion Taylor get on the football field? Can some of the linebackers that got big chunks of playing time last year for a variety of reasons continue to develop? Alex Singleton, et cetera. They need some of that production from those guys. And, you know, you have Brandon Graham coming back. Derek Barnett, is he still around? So there's still a lot of question marks with the personnel. But I think this is what we both wanted, right? We wanted Hurts to get a fair shake, I think. I wouldn't have been surprised if they traded him and just cut bait and said we're starting fresh. But now that they've said, at least reportedly, from ESPN's Chris Mortensen, that this is the plan, I like it. Let's get out in front of it. Now you know the plan. The whole city knows the freaking plan. And just see how this thing unfolds. Stack the talent around Hurts and see what you have. Because by all accounts, his leadership is there. His moxie's there. The players like him. And we've seen him win at the collegiate level. We saw him win in a short you know, stint, obviously, in the NFL. I think that this kid deserves a chance. Yeah, 100%. And and again, if it's an absolute and utter failure, like let's just say they win four to five games next year and you just you don't see him making a right step in the right direction as far as you know him evolving as a quarterback in this league, then maybe you take one ne- next year because it'll still be a high pick. Right. But Let's just give it a shot. I mean, clearly you liked the kid when you drafted him in the second round. I mean, if you didn't like him, I mean, you know, there's a huge problem there. So, again, I'm with you. Right. He's not a six-round six pick. He's not an uh, undrafted free agent. Like, he had pedigree. You took him for a reason, as you said. And you had to live with the aftermath. But now that you have, it'd be insane to do anything other than at least give him a and shot. Get- right? No exactly. competition. Nobody to look over his shoulder at. You bring in the most cheap backup you can that has a little bit of mobility so that he can fit the system you're trying to play with Hurts should Hurts have to come out of a game, and you roll with it. I, I totally agree. And and just get the kid a weapon. I mean, I, I'm flip-flopping draft-wise because I'm just a maniac. I mean, I – I know. Let's go, let's go there right <laughs> now real quick. The update from John Mita. If I tell you that Jamar yeah. Chase – Jalen Smith, uh, excuse yeah. me, Devonta Smith, and Jalen Waddle are all yeah. on the board for your Philadelphia Eagles. 
at number six yeah. overall. Who are you taking right now today? Oh, man. I mean, everyone loves Jamar Chase, but I'm, I'm going to go with Devontae Smith, man. I just – yeah. Really? I mean, I just yeah, – he reminds me of Marvin Harrison so much. I know. And I, 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 just, I know. You, we've talked about like, this. I, I just – like I, what he – like his crazy season last year, like the numbers he put up with. And you got to look at like the guy who he plays it. Not only is he dominating – everyone he's playing every week, but look at who he gets to practice again. And the flip side is look at the receivers that Patrick Sertan Jr. gets to go up against in practice. The the Jalen Waddles, the Henry Ruggs, the Devontae Smith. I mean, you know, I mean, Alabama is a factor. Jerry, Jerry Judy. Judy. Yeah. Like it's yeah. just like on and on and on. So. So I read, I read a good. And, you you, you know what I like about the uh, Here's another reason why I like Devontae Smith, right? I saw his interview when he won the Heisman Trophy. The kid just seems humble. And he used to play with Jalen Hurts, so they do have that Alabama connection. And I just I, – I don't know. I just – I don't know. Something about him that I like. Yeah. I know. Well, he's a gamer. And he's a winner. And right. those two things – and he's polished route runner. That's the one thing you don't have to worry about. So I read a piece in The Athletic the other day comparing Waddle and Smith. And – it was sure. just one man's opinion in this article, but obviously Smith has the, has the leg up because of, you know, he had a full season waddle, right. I think got injured like four right. or five games in the last year. Um, Smith obviously got hurt in the championship game, but he had already gassed, you know, gashed the, uh, you know, the record book at that point and they were well on their way to victory. But he talked about how the explosiveness and the separation of waddle is what could make him a bit more of sort of a freaky game breaker Tyreek Hill type, as opposed to Smith, where he's more polished, his route running, his hands, you know, probably more experienced. But he seemed to think that right now that Waddle has the bigger upside to be a better NFL player. Uh, he's wide open all the time, is basically how this guy put it, and he can blow past yeah. you. I know you said Smith when I gave sure. you the option of the three. I just thought it was interesting. Uh, you know, the athletic did sort of a breakdown and, and rating those two Alabama Yeah, I receivers. mean, listen, he's an explosive, but he's – I just – I don't know. Hey, give me the polished route runner. Give me somebody that can get all press coverage. Obviously, a lot of these guys can run – I mean, I, I know this guy has blazing speed when it comes to Waddle. I get it, but – I, good route runners and people that are that know how to use their hands and get off the line of scrimmage, they can be just as effective, if not better. So yeah, and look, Devontae Smith's not uh, not slow by any stretch. I mean, he outruns yeah. guys to the end zone. He's yeah. good with the ball after the catch. I mean, I don't think there's a lot of concern there. He seems to be the more surefire right. NFL receiver, uh, yeah. maybe of the three. Um, all right, let's jump to the Sixers. All right, they're at the all-star break. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid might miss the first couple games coming out of the break. Thank goodness there's a long break because they got their hair cut and a barber that trimmed them up, tested positive for the Ronskis. And so we'll just wait and see what Embiid and Simmons' status are post-all-star break. But your thoughts on the Sixers' first half, I think both of us expected a lot from Doc Rivers. I think the Sixers, I don't want to speak for you, but exceeded both of our expectations. They look like a legit title contender. What's the one move they need to make to make sure they're a title contender? 
and I guess kind of sum up what you've seen from the 10 9 Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love what this team is doing. Uh, it's from top to bottom, from the executives, Daryl Morey and Eldon, with Eldon Brand and, and hiring Doc Rivers and bringing in different pieces to make this a team. However, they, they have to make one move. And I know it's going to sound crazy, and I don't know if everyone's on board with it, but for me, I would do everything in my power to trade for Kyle Lowry of the Toronto Raptors. Now everyone's like, Oh my God. Um, you know, Kyle Lowry, he's, he's, um, you know, he's an older player. He makes a ton of money, but there's just a couple things that I like about bringing Lowry home. Number one, he's from here, went to Villanova. So I'm sure he'd be, and I'm pretty sure his house is still, he still has a house in Villanova. Um, so I think he would, would be open to coming here. Um, now, the question is what you give up, but this is what he brings to the table. Number one, he's tough. Um, he's a champion. He knows he's been in big games. He knows how to get it done. And I, everyone's like, well, you want to make sure that Ben Simmons still has a ball. The good thing about Kyle Lowry is that he can play off the ball. Just like right now, he's playing with a guy, Fred Van Vliet. Essentially, they're playing like two point guards up in Toronto when they both start. So it's not like he doesn't know how to operate off the ball. Like the other day, like – um, you know, he had a terrible shooting performance, but he had 18 assists in the game. And you, you just need that other point guard presence. Maxie's a little too young right now. It just he's not really getting the burn. But I'm 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 trying to get Kyle Lowry and PJ Tucker, and I think you have enough firepower between those two guys. You'll obviously have to give up a lot of pieces, but I think if you can do that, um you can really make a run to the championship. And the other, and, give and the other reason why I'm, I'm sorry, our, the other reason why I'm doing it is you got to look at the window here, right? Joel Embiid is playing the best basketball of his entire career. Now this window might be one to three years. So the Nets, I think now that they're kind of piecing and gelling and getting the feel for Steve Nash as a coach and everything else, that team's and with the acquisition of James Horn, that team's only going to get better. So I think the iron is time to strike hot right now. The East, there's, you know, Milwaukee's coming around. There's not too many great contenders in the East. You worry about the West when you get to the West. But right now, I think you have to make one of these big, big-time moves. And Dal Morey, I mean, the guy, nobody gets more excited at the trade deadline than Dal Morey. So I'm kind of excited for it. So, Give our listeners one player mm-hmm. on the roster right now outside of Embiid and probably Simmons that's untouchable in making either of those two um, you mentioned. So originally I didn't want to trade Maxi at all. I would say he would be untouchable. But if it comes down between Maxi and Thibel, I'm going to keep Thibel. I know. Wow. I never thought I'd say that, but because defensively he is so strong and when it comes down to the playoffs when you're not really up and down the floor it kind of becomes a more of a half court center game you're going to need this type of defensive presence and when you have the likes of James Harden um Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant you're you're going to need Thibel's defense so as much as a struggle that it has been on the offense end this year for him I, 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 I'm keeping Thibel, which is kind of crazy, but yeah. Shout. 
All right, Johnny Mita, your your thoughts real quick. Minute here on the Villanova Wildcats and the two devastating injuries they suffered in back-to-back games for a team that's probably going to get in as like a four seed now in the tournament. Um, I don't know that they had a chance to win the national title to begin with, but a bummer. You know, you look at the last two years now for this team, the pandemic pause, no tourney last year, and now to lose Colin Gillespie and then more back-to-back games. Uh, it's uh, tough. Yeah, it's heartbreak hotel in Villanova world. You get a guy like Colin Gillespie, just a true wildcat through and through. Guy's been such a stalwart, never really been injured in his career, and he suffers, um, you know, a major knee injury, and he tore his MCL. You, you just your heart goes out. Again, I, I agree with you. This was a team that was had had an outside shot um, to probably getting to the Final Four. I would say. Like, but I think that's kind of where the road would have ended for him, just because I think there's a couple teams that are just ahead of everyone else. Usually, any time in the last, I don't know, five years, I look at the tournament and you're like, there's four to six teams you think that have a legitimate shot to at least make it to the Final Four, if not, you know, cut down the nets. But I think if they had Sadiq Bay, obviously Sadiq Bay went to the NBA. If he came back and played with this team this year, I think they'd have enough firepower to make it to the national championship. But obviously he's moved on to the NBA. But again, it's, you know, Jay Wright, it, it's it's just a shame that this is the year they come back from the pandemic and they're going to have a tournament and you suffer two injuries to basically your starting point guard and then your starting two guard. And then the starting two guard had to become your point guard because and then he gets hurt. So and this is the one year I was talking about this with some people. This is like the one year that they don't have that bona fide waiting in the wings type type point guard, just like how you had Arch there and kind of Jalen Brunson was ready to step in at any moment. Do you know what I mean? They always have that backup point guard that, that, that's ready to contribute. And, and they don't really have that this year. They're kind of a little lighter on the lighter side when it comes to guards. So, um, But still – I mean, you can't count Jay out. He's going to find a plan. I don't know if they're going to, you know, make it to the Sweet 16. It's going to be tough without you know, starting guards, but we'll, we'll see what they can do. All right. I appreciate that summary from one of the most passionate Wildcat fans I know, my friend, V for Victory. Um, all right, before we get wrapped up here, again, follow us on Twitter at Love Podcast. We've got a couple minutes left, Johnny Mita. Let's give our take on your honor, the Brian Cranston Showtime series, which I'd seen some trailers for and was excited about. But my guy, John Francis Lawrence Mita, was like, yo, your honor, you got to watch it. So I dove into it head first. Absolutely outstanding. Ten episodes. The opening ten minutes, the final two minutes as good as it gets for a series. And I don't think I'm overstepping my bounds there. Uh, what did you, without yeah, giving away twists sure. and turns in the plot or who does what, where would you rank your honor, whether it's recent shows you've seen uh, or maybe your all time list. All time list is hard. I mean, it, it's as far as it's probably the last show that I've watched. Um, that has really drawn me in where you're like, you know, a show's good when, you know, this is getting released like every week, right? So you're you're just you're just anticipating, yeah. just like how the Sopranos was. You know, a lot of our friends, we'd all get together and we watch Sopranos together because you just but you got to wait a week, you know. And 
it's just one of those things with yeah. like Netflix and some other streaming services. You can just watch it all the way through. But just the intensity of the show, the TV show to me is like really good when you're like, oh my, when you're almost like you're living in the episode with him. You're like, what would you do? How's he going to cover this up? How's he going to treat this? Oh my God, I can't. And you're just on and on and on. But the intensity level, I'll just give out a plot to anybody that's never seen this show. I'm just going to kind of do my quick summary. But what it's about is Brian Cranston, he plays a federal judge in New Orleans. He has a son that's kind of a bit of a loner type. And he's actually essentially following up and kind of remembering his mother who actually passed away in a violent crime. And he gets chased and he's in a car and he's not paying attention to the road and he hits somebody on a motorcycle. And the person that he hit happened to be the number one mob boss in Louisiana's son. And he leaves the scene in the accident and I'll leave it at that. But just keep in mind, you know, the mafia versus the federal judicial system. So a lot of twists and turns, good characters in it. And it's, uh, it was great, man. And, Somebody, everyone I talked to, my good friend, Mike Hamilton, who's Michael exactly, Pink, he's the one Michael that got Pink. me into it. Like, I saw previews, of, he was like, no, you got to get into it. And then there was like three episodes in already, and I literally binged three episodes in one night. And then I was like, yeah, completely hooked. So it's, I mean, it, it's good. Like, but we talked about it. Like, there's got to be more, right? Do you think, in your honest opinion, is there you think they just end the series there? Or do you think there's they're going to do more? Because that's... So, heading into the last episode, there was so much to wrap up that I thought, well, there could be season two at some point or whatever. I think with the way season one ended, I think that's a wrap. Yeah. I, think it's, I think it's one season. And, uh, and so then again, I would, back to my initial question to you, like, it is hard then to put it into a top 10 shows because some of my top 10 mm-hmm. shows i'm sure some of yours right. and they're multi yep. seasons right the Breaking bad the wire yep. you know you're a game of thrones guy so like you watch those and you have years of memories right. of how good that show is and if you only have 10 episodes of this it's hard to put it's unfair to compare it's like comparing eras of you know athletes right like somebody in the 70s to now exactly it's just did you ever get into uh did you ever watch the ozark are you into that uh, love Ozark again, great show, and and one that I consider in my yeah. probably top ten of all time, yeah, uh, and still more to come. So again, I think that that's a good good analogy there. Another intense edge of your seat type show. Jason Bateman's outstanding. Um, yeah, so oh, Ruth. Ruth, great character. But yeah, your honor, your honor on Showtime. If you haven't checked it, check it. Uh, really good stuff. All right, Johnny made up. Mm-hmm. Lastly. And I mean, lastly, I'm going to see potentially it's lined up right now for Friday night for me to see Taylor Tomlinson at the funny bone in West. Uh, you know, Taylor Taylor Tomlinson. Tomlinson. So I, let's see, she released a special. I was actually going to go see her myself. So I think, um, I think you're going to be in for a treat. I saw a comedy special on, um, on Netflix, I didn't get all the way through it, but it was pretty damn good. So I, I think you're going to enjoy yourself. And I've, I... all right, I don't think I've ever seen. Uh-huh. I've only been to a few comedy shows, so I think I could say this without hesitation. Actually, I've never seen a female. So, so here's comedy. what I'll tell you. Um, 
Well, that guy, Joe, I can't believe you're bringing this up on National Women's Day. Kudos to you. Um, <laughs> Jackpot. No. Um, no, but so there was one that I loved who was just I, – I saw Nikki Glaser. She was funny. Was I thought she'd be a little better. Um, she was good, though. But Lisa Lampanelli, for me, was one of the best comedians I mean, she was the best female comedian I've ever seen. Um, so, like, live. Um, and she's not a comedian anymore. But and today, she probably wouldn't be able to. But, I mean, just because she's a little. Right. She be Yeah, canceled. which, she again, which pisses me off. Because, like, I mean, it's comedy, people. Like, you know, like, don't be offended. It's just comedy. Like, that's what it is. It's not like. I don't know. That pisses me off, but that's all another subject. But anyway, you're going Friday night. I'm excited for you. Let me know because I think she's supposed to come back to either Punchline or Helium or – but, yeah, let me know how that is. Good for you. That's exciting. Something to do, right? So who are you going with? Who, who? Yeah, 60-degree weather. 60-degree 60, weather in Des Moines today. Kara just uh, drained the rink. Uh, unfortunately, didn't get much use because – by the time it got cold, it then snowed so much, the rink was covered in snow. I had to shovel it, I had to resurface it, shovel it again. The kids got out there a few days. Then it got right. to, like, minus 15, which, yeah. like, no human wants to be outside. And now it's 60. So it didn't get much use out of the rink, unfortunately. Yeah. Not my humble opinion. Not worth the labor that went into it. And I probably didn't do half of the, the crap that went into getting it set up because – the Zamboni driver out there, she's the best <laughs> in the world, as we all know. But, um, you know, at least the kids got out there for a few skates. But I digress. But who who, who do you go to the show with? It's uh, supposed, supposed to be Karen and I and mm-hmm. our strength coach and his wife. They actually had okay. seen her or watched her right. special, saw she was coming. They asked if we wanted to go. We have a rare Friday night off and no hockey game. So in the great state that is Iowa wide open as hell. Like there was never a pandemic outside of some folks wearing masks occasionally. Um, it, it seems like it's go time Fantastic. around here. We'll, we'll see how it goes. That's what's up. John Mead, Always a pleasure. A I mean, I'm Always. just, we're counting down the days. I mean, it's, it, it's going to, I mean, this draft is probably one of the most important in franchise history. And I just hope the hell they don't screw it up. I mean, I, I have nothing more to say. And we're now, and we're, and we're just three days shy of one year since Rudy Gobert tested positive and the entire that. world shut Isn't down. Isn't that the truth? Crazy, man. Well, good stuff, brother. Thanks, everybody. Too. Oh, and an update, an update right now. Me and Joe, we have a little wager. We got a little cheese on a Joel Embiid MVP bet, which could pay out handsomely. They're trying to buy us out of our bet. Yeah, we gotta keep we gotta keep in constant contact about that because if the Rona forces him out at all, we, we might want to jump <laughs> ship. He can't miss. Well, he can't I, miss any games, dude. Or he ain't gonna win true. MVP. You know that. <coughs> Bad enough they rest him like true, once a week. But you know, I don't know, man. I think it's this year, but I hear you. So, yeah, right now right, they want to buy us out at two hundred and sixty bucks. We only put in fifty dollars total. Or twenty no, twenty-five dollars total to win a thousand. So yeah. But yeah. anyway, stay the course. Stay the course, as I say. <laughs> All right, good stuff. John Mead a Joe Donald, Brotherly Love Podcast. Signing off till next.